If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode 57 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk to Marla Weston, CEO of the American Nurses Association, and someone who is helping to lead learning on a very large scale. Before we do that, though, we want to be sure to thank Avalar, which as the sponsor of our webinar on learning management system selection, is also the sponsor for this episode of the Leading Learning Podcast. You can find out more about Avalar and its learning solutions at avalar.com. So, Salisa, we've recently, I think, really been focused on this whole idea of large-scale learning. So, you know, not just the, the, the typical training and education, though those can certainly be part of it, but, you know, how do you really create change on, on a large scale? And, and we talked to Shlomi Katan at XPRIZE, um, who's certainly, you know, all about that, XPRIZE, uh, you know, doing fantastic work in that area. And, of course, at the core of their work is this concept of grand challenges. And I know that that's something that you got to talk to, to Marla Weston about. Yes, so it was a great conversation with Marla. You know, as CEO of the American Nurses Association, you know, we talked a little bit about just how does um, learning and education fit in overall with the mission of ANA. And then we also really dug in on um, the grand challenge that she's undertaken there. And this is Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation. It is, as you said, um, large scale. Uh, change initiative really aiming to help improve the health of nurses. And because there are so many of them uh, in the U.S., I think it's 3.6 million, you know, if you can improve the health of that group, you really are uh, improving the health of the nation at large. And so we talk a lot about how that initiative got started, what it takes to maintain, where she sees it going, and how she balances that with uh, the other commitments that ANA has to its membership. So it's a great conversation. Marla is incredibly thoughtful and smart and, and kind of as a maybe a spoiler alert, but you know that question we ask everybody about how they go about um, their own learning and maintaining their own learning. You know, one of the things she points to is the fact that something like a grand challenge has been a great learning experience for her. Well, I'm really excited uh, about this particular interview. I, I've seen Marla talk about this a little bit, but you know, I'm looking forward to hearing it more in depth. And, I, and I'll mention, you know, as we're heading into it, that uh, once again we're indebted to, to Seth Kahn because he does such great work with uh, grand challenges. He's worked with Marla and helped to connect us with her. So I want to give that nod uh, to Seth. But at this point. Let's hear the interview. I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. And today I'm talking with Marla Weston. Marla is the CEO of the American Nurses Association, which represents the interests of the 3.6 million registered nurses in the United States. So Marla, thank you for making time for this conversation. Well, thank you. And so I offered just a really super brief introduction there. So I'm hoping you would start us off by telling us a little bit more about the American Nurses Association and what you do there. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm the CEO for the American Nurses Association. 
And the association actually is a membership organization. We're 120 years old, and we do represent the nation's 3.6 million registered nurses. I'll start with an interesting statistic, and that means that one out of every 100 people in the United States is a registered nurse. Ah, wow. So they're all around us. They're all around you. And uh, as part of our associations, we we have a few subsidiaries. We have a foundation, which is our philanthropic arm. We have a credentialing center, which does both individual and organizational certifications. And we have a fellowship for those individuals who've made significant contribution to the profession of nursing and health of the nation. Well, great. You know, and so I was spending a little bit of time on your website in preparing for our conversation. So I was looking at nursingworld.org, and, and I saw that your mission is nurses advancing our profession to improve health for all. And because this is the leading learning podcast, I, I would be interested in your perspective on how learning plays into ANA's work. How do you um, see education and learning fitting in with your overall organizational mission and strategy? Well, one of the things that we talk about here at ANA is that our core work is really in two areas. One is in advocacy, and the second is in professional development. And the way we think about that is around our mission, nurses advancing our profession to improve health for all, part of what we have to do is advocate for the professional practice of nursing so that the full knowledge, wisdom, and expertise of nurses is utilized to improve the health of the nation. But then secondly, um, we live in this dramatically changing healthcare environment. And so professional development and learning inside of that professional development is fundamentally core to what we do. When I think about my own clinical practice and how it looked 25 years ago when I started as a registered nurse and how clinical practice looks today, it's like a foreign country. And when you think about the transformation that we're going through right now in healthcare, all nurses need to be learning and growing and developing in order to be prepared to meet the needs of our patients in the future. Right. So, yeah, I think we're all uh, surrounded by this rapid rate of change and probably the healthcare uh, industry even more so than, than the rest of us. So that's great that you see it as one of the two main areas, the advocacy and the professional development. And so one of the things that I'm really interested to talk to you about is is the idea of of a grand challenge. And I know that you've embraced uh, a grand challenge. And, and one of the things that I'm personally very interested in is the potential for associations to set the pace for the profession or, or industry that they serve, that they have this opportunity to really move the dial. And I think that the work you're doing with Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation um, is a great example of an initiative that really aims at, at big scale change and, and moves beyond kind of the perhaps narrow confines of professional development and continuing education to really aim at widespread learning and change. And so would you start off by telling us a little bit about what Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation is? Well, and, you know, before I do that, let me talk a little bit about what a grand challenge is. Okay, great. Because I think that helps people to understand um, why we're focused on Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation. So as you identified, a grand challenge is looking to address and improve Uh, an intractable problem that society has been facing by aggregating together like-minded people 
to move all in the same direction to make improvements in this intractable problem. And, uh, and in many ways, if I took the word grand challenge out of that sentence and put in the word association, <laughs> um, it fits as well, right? Because associations are really groups of like-minded people dealing with, with issues Absolutely. to try and make improvements. I think the shift in a grand challenge that was really focusing on a socially intractable problem. And so when you go back to ANA's mission, nurses advancing our profession to improve health for all, if you start with the improve health for all and you think about how a third of Americans are obese, how we're all struggling with stress, and uh, difficulty in being attentive to the things that we want to be dealing with. Uh, we as a nation are sleep deprived. Uh, we find it difficult to keep ourselves healthy. And so what we looked at is what are the assets that we have here in the American Nurses Association to deal with that problem? And the asset that we have is registered nurses. But one of the things that was really interesting is when we looked at the health of registered nurses, on almost every measure except for smoking, nurses are actually less healthy than the average American. Uh-huh. So um, now this is not for lack of knowing right. what to do, right? We're incredibly knowledgeable, but there is clearly a gap between knowing and doing that we need to fill in the nursing population and we would say we need to fill in the whole population, right? We all know what we're supposed to do to be healthy. That's why on January 1st, we can all make New Year's resolutions. <laughs> but, you know, by January 21st, you know, we may or may not still be doing those things. So the grand challenge, the Healthy Nurse Healthy Nation grand challenge is this initiative that is aimed at large-scale social change, improving the health of the nation by really leveraging registered nurses improving their health. And so what was the impetus behind, um, you know, just coming up with the idea or or signing on to this notion of a grand challenge? Was there any particular event or or what got you started thinking this way? Well, we had been through uh, some significant internal work in the association. I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with Race to Relevance. And um, and we had done much of that work, looking at our governance, looking at focusing our work, and we're feeling like the association was in a good place. And so we began to say, um, you know, so what? For what purpose? And as we looked back to our mission, the purpose is to improve the health of all. And that's when we began thinking about how do we really make an impact beyond nursing to the health of all and, um, and began learning about a grand challenge. So we spent a lot of time looking at other large social changes. You know, what happened um, that years ago we didn't used to wear seatbelts and now we almost all wear seatbelts um, that we recycle that we don't drive drunk. All of those were large-scale social changes, and so we spent a lot of time studying those to learn how those changes really happened. And 
and understood that those happen through a grand challenge using a collective impact approach where you line everybody up in moving in the same direction. And so you mentioned that you spent a lot of time studying these these other efforts, um, and and you've talked too about how this is about that grand challenges are about intractable problems. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the timeline. I mean, how long have you been working on this? How long will the the healthy nurse, healthy nation uh, last into the future? What what's the timeline for all of this? Mm-hmm. So we've been working on this so far uh, from, you know, the germ of the idea to today for about 18 months. And part of the work that we did in those 18 months was uh, really studying how does this large-scale social change happen. Uh, we began uh engaging very different partners than we had worked with in the past and created an advisory and a steering committee group. And so when I say very different partners, um, we have on our advisory group uh, people who are good at the use of social media for impactful changes. We have people who've done large social change. So we didn't look for nurses necessarily. We didn't even necessarily look for people in healthcare. We looked for people who were able to make large social change to come and advise us. And we outlined then a plan or a process that would engage individuals, uh, engage people in interpersonal relationships, engage organizations, because one of the elements of this large-scale change is that you have to engage people at multiple levels. We then uh, literally just this last month went through a beta test uh, with five different organizations and five different states to understand um, how this was working, how this wasn't working, and of course, learned an enormous amount (laughs) about what both worked and what didn't work. And we're preparing now for uh, really concentrating in 2017 of being the year of the healthy nurse and scaling this up. But, you know, in terms of the timeline for how long this will go on, we don't think of this as an initiative. We think of this as a change in the way that we do our work. So this is going to go on until the nation is healthy. Mm -hmm. Until you make it it, it unneeded anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what the role of of learning and and education are in terms of Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation? I mean, as part of what you're doing, you know, in those beta organizations, is it it, um, based around education and learning? What exactly are you doing? Well... It is all in the space of learning, but we were very clear right from the beginning that what nurses needed was not learning about what I would describe as the content. Um, So people didn't need to know how do I eat healthy, how do I exercise, or what's what's a correct exercise regimen. What they needed to know was how to fill this knowing-doing gap. So what are the factors that make change happen? How do people who really improve their health do that? 
and um, and we recognize that part of what's important for us as we go through this process of learning and we teach our patients and clients is that we're honest that we're all also on this journey. And so how do you simultaneously convey to people the goal of ultimate health and knowing that you're personally not there yet, but that you're working on it? And how do we have those conversations? So that was really one of the big areas of learning. The second is how do we um, simultaneously utilize what I would describe as the traditional methods of learning. We've done uh, some webinars. We we've just actually did a day-long retreat around this in one of the beta states. Um, but how do we embed learning in everyday activity? So how do we have how do we use social media? Mm. to help people learn about this and share their learning and share what's working and what's not working. So one of the things that we've been piloting a bit is a hashtag that we use called Fit Nurse Friday. And every Friday we have a topic area that we focus on to just offer this this sort of tidbit of learning, if you will, and a way for nurses to engage in conversation with each other around a topic area. Do you have an example of one of the the Fit Nurse Friday tidbits that you might be offering? Yeah, so you know, one of the one of the Fit Nurse Friday tidbits was around, you know, what do you eat for a healthy breakfast? Mm-hmm. And I remember that one in particular because one of the tips that was shared is a way of um, creating overnight oatmeal, mm. which thing that I had never done before, and something that I have personally adopted <laughs> and um, and utilized for Thanksgiving weekend. We are having a virtual 5K where we are encouraging nurses to sign up for a 5K in their local communities and uh, and then report back on how they're getting ready for the 5K, what their experience was doing the 5K. And so once again, it's a way of engaging in a different sort of learning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, the action-based kind of learning. Yeah. Right. So when you think about um, the impact that you want Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation to have, how do you go about um, defining that impact and then measuring your your progress towards having that impact? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been uh, one of the more complicated factors for us to figure out, largely because health is so multidimensional. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we actually partnered with um, Harvard because Harvard has done some health studies on nurses, and we partnered with a nurse, a few nurse researchers and other researchers to help us figure out how to best measure impact on nurses' health over time. And so we've identified a, a simple survey that nurses can take, and we're doing some work right now to roll that data up into a single number that would be a measure of health that we would be able to track over time. Hmm. But we also recognize that that's, you know, that's a measure that's going to take a long time to move the needle on. 
so we identified a number of metrics that we would utilize to measure just engagement and involvement to start off with. So, uh, you know, looking at things like uh, the number of, you know, all, all of the measures of engagement in, in email traffic and social media use and the number of individuals and organizations that sign up to be engaged in this initiative. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Yeah, no, it, it seems, I think that so often the, the impact that learning and education have can be so hard to, to measure, yet when you can, it's so powerful. And I, I love the idea of a, of a single number. And also then, of course, your acknowledgement, though, that that will take time to move that needle. Right, right. So, you know, everything you're describing sounds like, you know, you're, you're being very thoughtful, you're giving it a lot of time and attention. So, you know, how do you balance engaging in something big like Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation? Um, how do you balance that with the more operational work and, and responsibilities that ANA has to its, its members? Yeah, I think that's a million-dollar question, but, you know, I want to back up and say, of course, when I talk about it, it sounds very thoughtful and logical (laughs) and organized, and, you know, everybody knows that when you do this work, there are moments that it's thoughtful and logical and organized, and then there are moments that everybody in the room looks at each other and goes, I don't even know what the next step is. (laughs) So, you know, the reality of these journeys, especially when you're doing something that's innovative and creative and this big, um, is that you'll, you know, we have experienced and everyone will experience that full continuum. And I do think that one of the ongoing learnings that we have is how do you take on something this big while you're simultaneously dealing with all of the operations. And and what I can say is that there are a couple of things that have been very helpful to us around this. One is pretty early on, we identified the need for a project manager so that there is somebody who comes to work every day and thinks about this and pulls the team together and and makes sure that we're meeting and engaging our advisory committee and hollers when it's getting disorganized or out of alignment so that we keep the attention focused on this important work. Uh, The second thing is we've really looked at how can we integrate this into our existing work one of the things that ANA did a couple of years ago is we began creating a theme for the year. And as I mentioned, the theme for the year 2017 is going to be around the healthy nurse, which means that our monthly webinars that we offer to our members will be on this topic when we look at our journal publications and the schedule of publications for the year, it's themed around this topic. When we have our annual meeting, it's focused on this topic. So everything that we already do as part of operations is is looked at uh, with a lens around how do we build upon the theme of the year. So that's part of how it all builds together. The first year that we did this, we did this around our code of ethics being launched. And I have to say that the messaging broke through to our members in a much more powerful way than it ever had in the past. 
I think it's a, a brilliant idea to have the, the theme for a year. And then as you were saying, particularly looking out to 2017 with the year of the healthy nurse, it right, it makes the healthy nurse, healthy nation, not so much additional work as, as work that nicely dovetails with what you're already doing operationally. Um, right, right. Well, you know, and perhaps we're already getting into this territory where you're sharing some of the thing, these ideas, like having the project manager for, for Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation and having the theme for the years. But I, I just want to go ahead and ask, too, are there other lessons learned uh, about leading large-scale change that you think might be helpful to others if they're thinking about whether it's actually about something like a grand challenge or just, again, thinking more about trying to achieve kind of more than the, the, the daily checklist of, of, of to-dos and, and trying to think about some large-scale change? Well, I, when I think back um, and I think about what has really helped us in our forward momentum, one was engaging with some different partners than we had in the past. They were very provocative and encouraging, and um, and so that generated new learning for us and some new energy for us. And I, I will say these partners consistently gave us the feedback that we were underutilizing them. Mm-hmm. And so we would always go back and go, okay, let's use them more. Um, so I, I think, you know, Thinking beyond your normal boundaries of your stakeholders is something that I would encourage people to do. Mm. I think the second thing that has been incredibly helpful for us is just acknowledging that we are operating at the edge of our comfort zone and that um, and that this is the future, I believe, of how associations are going to work and how they're going to be successful. And so even when we weren't exactly sure how to navigate forward, giving us the space of being able to to know that we were learning and that it was okay, mm. I think was very helpful. I, I think, you know, the historical way that we have launch things in associations is that we have them 98% organized before we launch. Mm. That's not really the way the world works anymore. So uh, getting comfortable having it 25% mapped out and going and then learning as you're going is something I think we all need to learn and just being patient with yourself as you get in that space. Well, I think those are two great pieces of advice, the the different perspectives that can come from looking to different stakeholders and that being willing to to be uncomfortable and at the edge of your comfort zone. And so I have have two last questions for you. And and this next one is one we like to ask everybody who comes on the Leading Learning Podcast. It's a little more uh, personal, which is just, you know, how do you approach your own lifelong learning? How do you keep um, up? up to speed on, on things that are evolving and changing and, and how do you keep growing your knowledge and skills? Well, I think one of the ways that I keep growing my knowledge and skills is by doing work like this that is at the edge of my comfort zone and then reaching out to colleagues who um, who can help guide me and um, sort of learning in action, if you will, is one of the ways um, I will share with you that um, I was—I am not typically an early adopter of technology, 
but I was uh, one of the first people to get an eye watch. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I did that was I wanted to force myself to be in a space of using technology in a way that I think is, uh, is something that we'll all be doing in the future. So I think another strategy is sort of put yourself in the future and try to think about how the world is going to lurk, you know, look there. Ah. And then, um, and then I think, you know, like everyone else finding time to do traditional continuing education programs, whether that's workshops or webinars or podcasts, uh, because there's always something powerful of stopping in the craziness of daily operations and stepping out of it and investing in your own learning, because I think it always helps you to go back to your work and see things with a fresh set of eyes. Wonderful. And so the, the last question is just if listeners want to know more about the ANA or, or Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation, where should they go to look? Mm-hmm. Uh, the best source of information would be on our website, which is nursingworld.org. And if you search Healthy Nurse, it will take you to the homepage for that body of work. Well, great. Thank you so much for making time to talk with me today, Marla. Yeah, it was absolutely a pleasure. Thank you very much. That wraps up our interview with Marlo Weston. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks once again to Avalar for being the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. More about Avalar at avalar.com. You can get show notes for this episode by going to leadinglearning.com slash episode 57. And while you're there, you'll see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of the podcast, we hope you will subscribe. We'd also be really grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. And this is the type of thing you hear us say every week if you've been listening and are probably thinking, well, somebody will go over there and do that. But no, you are the person who needs to go and do that. So please take a moment and go to iTunes, leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. Please consider telling others about the podcast, too. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network of your preference and spread the word that way. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. Podcast.